Welcome to the New Zealand Tech Podcast, presented by Paul Spain of Angus. Welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. This is episode number 91. You're with myself, Paul Spain. Chin Edrisuria. And I'm Paul Boshoff. Hey, great to have, uh, have you both with us here on the, uh, the New Zealand Tech Podcast. Uh, Chin, this is the first time you've been on the show. You're with HP. Tell us, uh, tell us what your role is, where you fit into uh, Hewlett-Packard in New Zealand. So um, I look after both consumer notebooks and consumer desktops uh, in New Zealand. So my responsibility is to make sure we end up with the right product in the market. Great. And uh, Paul, nice to have you back on the show. I guess Thank you been, very much. It's uh, been some time since we've uh, had you in here. I think we were, uh, we were talking about uh, touchpads. Uh, which which takes us uh, takes us back a little bit. Does take me back a bit. The good old days. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's uh, what's happening at the moment? Uh, you're you're in the the general manager role for. Um, yes. Um, my official title is a general manager for the printing and personal systems group, and what that really means is part of the excitement in the last year internally inside HP has been to put the printing and the PC businesses into a single business unit. Great. Great. Uh, well, let's uh, let's dive into it now. First up, we've been uh, just before we started, we've been chatting around uh, Windows 8 and a bit of the excitement that's starting to uh, starting to build there. Uh, Chin, tell us a little bit about what's uh, what's on HP's roadmap and uh, and what we're likely to see, and then we can and chat through one of the uh, one of the upcoming devices that you've brought uh, with you. So um, in the next uh, or the next couple of in the next month or so, we've got some great products coming to market. Obviously, with the new operating system coming up, we've got, we've refreshed our entire notebook lineup and also our desktop lineup, including our all-in-one uh, all-in-ones as well. So on the notebook front, um, obviously we've got some new platforms coming out. Some I can't talk about today, but some we can. Come um, on, you can tell <laughs> us. We won't tell anyone. Hey, hey, it's that's always the case, right? It's so just between friends, no one's listening. <laughs> So what we've got is um, we've refreshed our, or obviously our compact range, our pavilion range. Uh, we've got a new offset in our branding coming through as well. So we've got a really rich roadmap coming up over the next three weeks, three to four weeks. So we've so got Windows 8 really is sort of a big, a pretty big sort of line in the sand to sort of cross in terms of, you know, with product announcements. You've got a lot that's really lined up around that. Definitely. I mean, uh, when we're looking at it, uh, when we ship 100% of product with Windows, I mean, it points out that we had to refresh our entire lineup, and we are very excited about it. And it's not only just on the notebook front, it's on the desktop front as well. And it's all the touch technology that's coming through. It's about the different specs that we can get everything lined up in a perfect... Yeah, because, I mean, we've seen a number of sort of announcements, I guess, come through this year, not, not just Intel, but also, you know, AMD as well. Uh, and we've got the new uh, Atom processors that, and initially we heard that those were due early 2013. But they're going to you're going to be uh, releasing those in some of your uh, some of your upcoming um, touch. Uh, products, right? Yep, you're right. Um, so we've got a couple of products that we've got in the roadmap in the next month or so that'll have the Clover Trail processor in it. Mm, cool. Uh, now, now, Paul, from uh, from where we were last year, and we were sort of talking uh, touchpad, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, there was some nice nice hardware there, an operating system that was looking pretty cool. That sort of you know HP sort of moved on, and um, let me remind you, sold for a very good price. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, we're very happy with the um, the price on those units. Now, are we going to get uh, Windows eight on those old uh, touchpads that come came out last year? Is going to be any way to sort of wangle that onto uh, anyone's old uh, touchpad? I don't know. It's an 
interesting question. I hadn't really thought about that, but there's certainly a huge population, a disproportionately big population of those touchpad users here in New Zealand. And I've heard people doing all kinds of interesting things with them beyond just selling them on Trade Me. So yeah. I would imagine there's probably an opportunity. Who knows? Yeah. Oh, it's been fun to see what some people have done mm. with, with you know, putting multiple operating systems mm. on them and uh, and the like. I mean, there is always a, a you know, a, a keen community that sort of like to... Um, uh, do things with these devices that maybe um, you know wasn't intended in the initial uh, designs. We had one guy who was one of our more, uh, I, I guess, consistent customers. He's tried to start a user group for touchpads here in New Zealand, and he he had a whole meeting in one of the shopping centres and got about sixty people to turn up. Oh, I, I've cool. lost touch with what happened after that, but yeah. they certainly seemed very passionate about the product, which was very encouraging for us. Mm. I still use one myself, and it's still a good functional product. I mean, it's. Mm. it's it's great to use and I still enjoy mine. Yep. So, um, but it's all sort of coming down to all being about, uh, you know, Windows 8, I guess, at the moment. Although, interesting, we had, uh, there was a comment from, um, from HP CEO, mm -hmm. Meg Whitman, mm -hmm. Uh, around HP and uh, and mobiles mm. recently, which seems to suggest that we might see some new smartphone products from Hewlett Packard in the future. Oh, mobili mobility is a really important part of the market for us and I mm. think any any tech vendor would say that mm. um, and you know going back to the operating system d discussion uh, WebOS is in the public domain and it's it's been put there to see if there's a future and I've certainly heard Meg uh, also personally state that interoperability and multiple platforms is in our future mm. so the plan with putting WebOS out there was to see if it has a future and you know whether it would survive in the sort of more open systems forum and if so we'll uh, launch more products based on that but for now all of the exciting new products are definitely Microsoft Windows 8 and mm. as Chin said earlier it's a really exciting opportunity for us. 50% mm. of the market here in New Zealand is, is around the consumer product um, which is where the Windows 8 adoption we expect to be almost ins instantaneous. You know, certainly in the corporate space, it takes a little bit longer. Sure. But a really exciting step change for us always when there's a major operating system change like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when we go back to uh, uh, Web WebOS, I think it was it was just in the last few days, wasn't it, that we've seen the um, um, the release of the new uh, open source version of mm -hmm. that, the open uh, WebOS sort of just, mm -hmm. just come out. So, um, yeah, that will be a, a sp certainly a space to watch and see I what, think so. what, what, uh, what happens with it. Uh, but at this stage, that, that release mm -hmm. I don't think will go on mm -hmm. to the old, uh, the old touchpad devices and uh, um, phones. So a uh, bit of a uh, watch and, watch and mm -hmm. see. Um, now, just you know, curious in terms of what devices do you guys use for a smartphone? Because obviously, this isn't somewhere in in what you know something that mm -hmm. HP now have as a mm -hmm. as a product. Um, Chin, we were talking earlier um, that in the past you'd used an iPhone, and you're now using what are you using? Uh, HTC One X. Um, I, I have to say, it's a good phone. Um, it's been a bit of a change, but I enjoy it. Yeah. What's sort of the highlight for you of the of the um, you know of the One X? Why did you make that sort of that that change? I guess the decision was made based on the functionality of it, uh, purely based on screen size. Just good for emails. Um, that's one of the major uh, points for me on the phone. So, uh, and would you be able to go back to a smaller screen, or once you get used to that bigger screen, that's kind of uh, it's kind of it. It's hard to change again. I would compromise for battery life. Yes. Yeah. So that's what I would do. Yep. So if I get longer battery life out of a smaller screen, that would definitely change. Yeah, yeah. I think that's probably that is one of the challenges with some of the uh, 
some of the smartphones, uh, particularly Android, where it seems to draw a bit more on uh, um, on power, even with you know even with these newest um, releases, sort of uh, Android 4.0, 4.1, still you know runs through the battery probably quicker uh, than the other mobile operating systems in the space. Mm. Um, but yeah, very nice handset sort of overall a lovely screen right yep. you struggle but uh, on the flip side you have a look at when you're using data all day when you're on voice calls all day you do get only a day of use out of it mm. so that's, mm. it is what it is I suppose so how long do you get out of it do you get till 6 o'clock do you oh, get till I think I get it till about 8 o'clock at night then yeah. I probably have to plug it in oh that's not that's not too <laughs> not bad that's not, that's not too bad <laughs> yeah and Paul, what are you using now? Samsung. Last okay. Yep. So the S2 still, but I yep. uh, love yep. the phone. I think it's a really nice form factor. That really what sold me more than anything. Yep. Um, yes. Yeah, so while we're still on bring your own device, I guess we've all got whatever we we, yeah. we we choose to use. But watch this space. I'm certainly looking forward to going back to my old HP WebOS phone. I really thought they were awesome. So <laughs> yeah. maybe okay. a, a next incarnation of that at some point, hopefully. Fascinating. Okay, good. Now, let's talk about these new uh, Windows 8 devices that are coming through. Um, you've got laptops with, it's all about touch really, isn't it, with, with Windows 8? Yeah, I mean, that is one of the major functionalities of the new operating system that's coming out. But uh, we have to always keep in mind uh, there are devices that's not going to have the touch functionality as well, and that'll still remain a bigger part of the market. So we have to be mindful of what's coming out, and there's there's a great product set that's coming out, and we're really excited about it. But there's two sides, I suppose. Mm. Well, I guess we can mm. buy a PC today that's going to run uh, Windows 8. In fact, you know, businesses can already, uh, you know, license and, and use Windows 8. Uh, and we have the retail launch coming October 26. So, uh, in terms of the the standard PCs, are there going to be any sort of exciting technology jumps uh, for the, you know those that don't need the touch type capabilities that we should expect? Around Windows 8 or anytime soon, or is now good a time as any to buy a uh, to buy a PC that's going to run Windows 8. Um, I think it is. Um, at the moment, it's a good time to buy a PC. I mean, we've got um, some great price products out there on the market with Windows 7. We've got some great exciting products coming out with Windows 8. I think it depends on each individual's preference. Hmm. And we have a program also for people still buying Windows 7 machines to upgrade to Windows 8 at a later stage. So especially in the small business or large business right. environment, that's very valuable. So we're trying to keep the market going on both sides mm. of the introduction. Mm. And I think that's a really important thing for the vendors to do. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we're hearing across, you know, most of the vendors and uh, or right across the board, is New Zealand $20 to upgrade if you buy a Windows 7 Machine now twenty dollars to upgrade to Windows thirty four ninety nine maybe that's a US price yeah twenty dollars yep. is a US price New Zealand's right. thirty four ninety nine yep okay so it's a it's not a big uh, a big deal if you want to you know get a machine now you're still going to be able to get Windows eight exactly mm. yeah yeah okay now now I guess yeah we talked about touch is kind of the, I guess the exciting thing around Windows eight <coughs> Windows seven you know Microsoft sort of started building in those touch capabilities but. You know, it wasn't really to a level that uh, you know most people found that it was you know heavily useful. But Windows 8 sort of seems to have you know been uh, really that whole you know touch first sort of analogy, certainly around the new uh, you know Metro UI or whatever Microsoft are calling it this week. Um, that's all around touch. So, what are the products that um, that HP is bringing to market? Because we've had um, the Touch Smart products in the past, haven't we? In mm -hmm. terms of you know. PCs and so on. Are you doing, you've got something similar uh, coming through? Yeah, so we've um, had the TouchSmart 320 and the TouchSmart 520 and also mm. the TS610 in the market for good 
18 to 24 months now. Mm. Um, we've got the revisions of those coming out with Windows 8. Um, and also we've got a couple of editions in the notebook front as well. So exciting and rich roadmap. Good. Now, no, the notebooks that are, uh, that are coming through with a, with a touch screen, um, where do they... Where do they fit in the in the market? Are they are they consumer products or business products? Are you coming, you know, are you covering sort of all the bases with touchscreen um, notebooks and ultrabooks? Um, from the consumer perspective, uh, which the part that I look after, we've got definitely products coming out to cater for that market. Um, I am unsure of what um, the commercial segment will bring out, but Paul can certainly yes, and uh, you know, no, broadly speaking, the, the notebooks are mostly non-touch in the in the commercial space. But we certainly have all-in-ones, which is very similar to the TouchSmart that you refer to mm. as a commercial product. So we're appropriate, um, but I'm sure these things are going to change as we see you know, the, the Windows 8 launch is generally speaking a more gradual launch in the commercial space in right. the consumer space it's a step change and with that comes the opportunity to introduce products as the adoption rate takes up in the commercial space so i think it's more a priority mm. to get the consumer products in and ready and timed well in terms of the launch and i'm pretty sure that we've done a really good job in terms of that so and the rest of it will follow in the commercial space good all right. Now um, we'll come to uh, come to what HP's doing in the in the the tablet and and hybrid type space um, shortly. But a couple of other topics uh, that I thought would be just just good to uh, good to cover on that are pretty uh, pretty topical. Um, we're hearing that uh, maybe there's a new iPad coming to market, iPad uh, Mini. So there's talk of that coming out uh, October seventeenth. Uh, Either of you guys use iPads at all? I don't. You used as an owned or used? Yes, <laughs> not owned. <laughs> no. Okay. Okay. Um, what do you What do you think <clears throat> about the fact? I mean, most of the uh, most of the uh, you know tablets that that we're seeing are usually in the sort of larger form factor. Um, and Paul, I remember uh, last year when you came into the uh, came into the studio, um, you brought with you a, a touchpad that hadn't been announced or or, or seen anywhere uh, publicly in the world, which is a little sort of smaller form factor. Um, what's your Great take? memory? <laughs> I should um, be very careful about what I say around you. <laughs> oh no! That, well, it, it did. We didn't say anything about it, but it did eventually end up. Um, there was some media coverage. Oh, I think a couple of months later, and Gadget uh, showed it off. But it, yes. it was it was nice of you to uh, um, um, to you saw it first. Uh, to, yeah, to see it before uh, before it sort of hit the the mainstream media. Yes. But um, there's that sort of smaller form factor mm. uh, device, and obviously, you know, HP has has done some work in that space before. Do you think there's much of a demand uh, for that. I mean, we're seeing um, uh, we've got floating around here, uh, you know, a number of tablets from different vendors. We've got the Google uh, Nexus Seven, uh, which is in that smaller form factor. What do you guys like in terms of a tablet sort of form factor? Do you think you know there's a there's a, a preference sort of either way that the that the market's moving to? Why would Apple be uh, be heading in this direction? So, any, any you know, maybe from a personal point of view, I think freedom of choice is important, and having mm. those options is crucial. Uh, mm. I don't think there's, there's a one-size-fits-all. Mm. Um, mm. I've used 7-inch tablets in the past, HP and non-HP mm. ones, mm. so I kind of like something which is small and portable. For me, I still prefer my notebook, Yeah. and a tablet is, is really an alternative somewhere between the mobility of a smartphone and the functional, functionality of a notebook. And certainly when the Ultrabook was launched, 
Um, that, for me, made the notebook just so much more portable that it put pressure on the need to have a large tablet device. So I think it's awesome. I think the more choices the users and, and consumers have out there, the better it is for all of us. Mm, mm, mm. My personal view. Yeah, yeah. Probably agree with Paul on that yeah. because end of the day, I mean, it's personal choice, right? So yeah. would you rather prefer a 7-inch versus a 10-inch? So. Well, it's certainly good that we're starting to see a range of offerings mm. in the market. And, you know, I guess, you know, big players like HP... Um, you know, you guys are in a position to sort of release things at, at wherever you see that the consumer demand is. So, you know, no doubt over time, if, if and I, I'm not sure if you've got anything coming in the smaller sort of sizes, mm. but you know, if Microsoft allows that and so on, that we'll we'll probably see a mix of sort of form factors coming through mm. in, in the market, even on the Windows side. Do you think? I mean, if you just going back onto the size and the form factor. I mean, mm. if you take the notebooks for example, we've always had a netbook that's 10.1 inch and a 14 inch notebook and a 15.6 and a 17 point um, 17 inch screen, right? Yeah, it's a few. Big bit of variety. Isn't variety. It? So it's yeah. all about having that choice. I think it's yeah. end of the day, it's a consumer's choice in terms of what size they go for. So as long as the product's available in the mm. market, right? Yep. Yeah. It's yeah. Because um, I don't think I don't think anyone sort of announced anything in, in those sort of smaller film factors around mm. Windows eight yet at this stage. Is am I from HP's perspective? You guys don't have an actual product. We haven't that, we haven't yet. announced anything, yeah. and I think it's early days. But I think they're going to be really exciting products from all the vendors to follow. Now, mm. operating system is out there. Everyone's got something to focus on. It's a good alternative to the products that are already out in the market. And, you know, for me, I just see opportunity at every single product launch that comes out mm. from this point onwards. Yeah, good, good. Um, now, something, you know, mentioning Apple uh, there with, with this potential iPad mini, uh, last week, of course, was the iPhone 5 uh, launch, and we, we, we've talked about that over the last couple of weeks. Uh, last week, we had hands-on with the iPhone 5 ahead of its uh, New Zealand launch. Uh, but it's been quite interesting to watch the uh, some of the media responses to that launch here in New Zealand, uh, and and just from general public. I went to the uh, the launch events that Telecom and, and Vodafone had, both which were well attended, and you know they they did a big job, I guess, to um, to get them hyped up and to generate a bit mm -hmm. of a queue uh, at those launch events in in Auckland, the midnight launch. Um, although we heard you know other parts of the country, such as Dunedin, there were not so many people uh, queuing, which is interesting because we sort of expect there to be these big queues for Apple products that sort of become a bit of an institution mm -hmm. around uh, around the the uh, the Apple products. Um, any any idea whether there's going to be you know uh, any sort of big launch events from um, from you guys, or you know obviously you partner with Microsoft mm -hmm. in terms of. Uh, them launching Windows 8, you'll be a launch partner on that. Um, are there going to be any events that we should expect um, in New Zealand around that, or is that, that stuff still under wraps if, if it's going to happen? Yeah, I think if we told you it wouldn't be a surprise anymore, but uh, this is a, you know, it's a fundamental and very large opportunity for all of us, all the, all the hardware vendors for Microsoft, for all of our partners, both in the retail and the commercial space. Um, you, you don't launch a product like this of this magnitude without any activity. So, watch this space. I definitely don't want to let the cat out of the out of the bag. But I think it's a really exciting time ahead, certainly for the customers and for all of our channel partners and supporters. I think it's going to be an awesome, interesting time. So there might be something worth queuing for. You think? I'm very sure there's always something <laughs> worth queuing for at any HP retailer at any point in time. I'd say. <laughs> 
Well, it just seems that Apple own that sort of thing with their product launches around the uh, you know building that that buzz up. There's a there's some sort of hype that they get that for, they've for, definitely built a cult around the product, and yeah. I have huge respect for that and admiration. I think they've done a great job as far as that's concerned. We were talking about the phone situation earlier, and you know, mm. I think the gap between all of the different vendors certainly has narrowed to an extent. And I think Windows 8 coming into the tablet space is going to have that same effect. We were talking about this early on smartphones, but I think it's going to have that same effect on tablets. And, you know, mm, we're very mm. excited to be part of that. We've had corporate pent-up demand for Windows tablets for quite a long time, and people have sat it out. Not everyone, but a lot, a lot of customers have just sat it out. So I'm very excited to finally have a product to market running Windows, and I think it's going to be a really good fit for corporate customers and consumers. Yeah, that's quite a good point around the corporates because yeah, we we certainly um, you know are seeing that yeah a lot of businesses have sort of jumped in uh, and and started to use iPads for you know very specific uh, things, but um, I think there's a lot of concern from sort of corporate IT departments. Around you know how how manageable they are and how well they fit in when the large majority of what the business runs is is sort of Windows mm. Windows based. Um, so yeah, I think you're probably right there. That Single there, operating there, there system is, is definitely easier. There is quite a demand there yeah. for uh, uh, for the Windows based tablets. So um, yeah, well, we look, we're looking mm. forward to seeing what's going to come through mm. and 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 how quickly those things are going to get into the market now. Um, one other bit of news that we got in in the uh, in the last few days actually just just came through after the iPhone 5 launch was that uh, Telecom have announced that they're going to be speeding up their 3G network here in New Zealand. Uh, so at the moment their uh, peak sort of speed they can technically uh, reach, although you know usually these technical uh, limitations, no one actually gets to quite to that speed. Currently, I think it's 21 megabits on their um, on their network, and they're moving to this. Um, uh, dual carrier HSDPA, which potentially gives 42 megabit uh, download speeds. Um, Chin, what's your thought on getting uh, that sort of speed on a mobile device? Uh, do you do you need do you need that fast to uh, to deliver down to your uh, you know to your laptop or tablet or smartphone that sort of performance? Honest to say, Paul, I'm not quite sure. Um, I don't know if I've ever actually used the maximum speed off my phone or the network capacity. So without knowing what my um, top speed not is, not something you usually comment. measure sort of day to day, is <laughs> of it? Of course, you need it. <laughs> yeah, I would say. I mean, if you're always after the latest and the greatest fast and the fastest, then yes, definitely. Fast enough is never fast enough, is it? <laughs> well, it's interesting. Bring it on. Um, um, Skip sent me some tweets uh, last week around you know comparing the. You know, ultra fast broadband, which of course at the moment only a very small percentage of the population can get, because that's a you know there's a big lot of work to actually you know mm. dig up the streets and and to put that in compared to the sort of speeds that we're starting to see on the mobile networks. And I mean, it's a it's a fair point that you know with a mobile network, it's it's a you know when you just have to put in a cell site which covers a reasonable area, um, and most of these cell sites are in, so it's just a software upgrade mm. to uh, to improve it that. You know the mobile networks are able to roll out these far, that some you know some fast speeds without. I mean, there's a fair bit of investment behind it, but uh, without the sort of delays that it takes to um, um, you know put in fiber into the ground. Um, and we're starting now to see with with these uh, these you know dual dual carrier technology, which Vodafone already have and Telecom bring to market. Uh, where we potentially have um, mobile internet connections that are faster than what we can get at home on a tr certainly a traditional ADSL type uh, 
connection. So it's kind of exciting in some ways, but the flip mm. side is that uh, your data is very expensive on mobile, right? I mean, what sort of um, do you guys have any idea on how much data you use um, at home? Are you um, big big user chin. I probably use about a good thirty to forty gigs a month. Yeah. Probably not a huge user, but yeah. reasonable. I'm probably in a sim- in a similar boat when I'm on a DSL connection. So mm. that's that's not not unusual, but probably the same. Yeah, yeah. I would so have. if you would do that on a mobile, at the moment you'd get a pretty big bill, wouldn't you? Uh, in fact, I just saw a bill today for um, um, somebody who used over their uh, their their limit on their mobile, uh, and uh, they did an extra gig, and that extra gig cost them about two, uh, uh, roughly two hundred dollars. Uh, <laughs> so you just imagine if you were using forty gigs at home, Shocking. paying uh, you know even paying ten dollars a gig, yes. just that sort of. We've got a big. There's a big difference, isn't there, between um, what it, what it costs for mobile data and and uh, you know to get it through mm. a fiber or a DSL circuit. So I have a question for you, Paul. Where do you think the market's heading? Do you think it's going mobile networks, or do you think people are going to move away from the fixed lines? Or yeah, that, I mean that's an interesting one. I think that we're we're probably my pick is that we're always going to see quite a big difference between how much data that or the 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 pricing of data that comes through a fixed connection and the pricing of data that sort of you know comes mm. over the year um, because of you know the 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 bandwidth that's available sort of mobile the cost to uh, to deliver that in terms of um, infrastructure and, uh, and upgrades uh, once the f- I guess once the fiber is in the ground around the country uh, then you know, I mean we're already seeing the likes of Orcon who are delivering um, the same price for this ultra-fast broadband uh, capacity as what they do today for ADSL circuits, and the speeds are potentially a lot. Well, they are a lot mm. quicker uh, in general. So, yeah, I think there's going to be probably be a need for both for some time to come. Um, I I couldn't see any end to it. I think everybody just wants more and more performance for one thing or another. Uh, I did a podcast last week um, um, with with the US. Um, uh, organization and you know I connected in over my ultra fast broadband connection and that was it was just flawless in terms of you know how that worked how reliable it was how clear the video was in fact better than what they've had sometimes for people that are in the US linking into their network mm-hmm. uh, so there's a real benefit of having that consistency that the um, that the ultra fast broadband network delivers yeah. In a mobile situation, you know those things can vary a mm. lot. You might have good speed, and then it, you know, the, it, it drops out. Uh, so even though your peak speeds might be enough to uh, to deliver, and you've also got a, uh, I guess that bigger latency with the mobile networks uh, as well. So that you know it takes longer for the audio or the video to, uh, uh, you know, to get to the right point. Not really an issue for email and those sorts yeah. of mm. things, but for gaming and uh, you know video conferencing and calling, it definitely makes a difference. Do you reckon uh, we have enough carriers in the New Zealand market for mobile? Uh, I think two degrees who we can see out the window, um, you know, coming into the market has really stirred things up here. And having the three players seems to work quite well for a market of our size. I guess if you have too many players, then uh, it becomes too expensive for each of them to, to be able to keep up with the play, uh, potentially. You know, mm-hmm. there's only probably so many 
uh, carriers that are um, country of our I guess uh, topology and population can sort of handle because we're pretty well spread out. You know, you compare New Zealand to say Singapore, which is a you know I guess Singapore is a little bit like the, the size of Auckland, but the, you know the whole population mm. of New Zealand is in that space. Uh, so you can see why in a in, in a country like that, uh, you know, much simpler to actually deliver um, you know three G or four G type services to the market. But in New Zealand, they've got to have cell sites over a really really mm. broad space so sure. yeah I, I think we, what we've got at the moment is has has worked pretty well two degrees i think have done a good job in terms of you know some innovative products and services that we haven't seen uh from the other players but you know i think telecom and and vodafone are always um you know working to come up with new things that make them stand out uh but you know at the end of the day they've they've all spent you know, hundreds of millions of dollars on their infrastructure and they're trying to get a return for their shareholders um, so it's 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 never. I don't think any of them will ever completely please us. We all want 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 you know more, faster, better uh, delivery for a lower cost. So um, yeah, it's always a bit of a a bit of a juggling game for them all. I'm I'm sure. One of the things that um, actually in that space that that um, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but it seems that we're now seeing um, prices are starting to edge back up a little bit. With some of the certainly some of the business offerings I've seen mm-hmm. from from telecom and uh, and and Vodafone um, over the last few months, so we saw a period there where there was a, I guess, immense competition where they were just trying to work out where their footing is and maybe to see what would happen around uh, uh, two degrees, sort of move into the business mm-hmm. um, market. But uh, yeah, it looks like it's actually a bit more expensive to get. Um, uh, maybe the right mix of of calling and and texting and mm. and um, uh, data packages. Have either of you noticed in any of those those things? Or um seen a few TV ads that they're mm. advertising for business on on account customers, but yes. that's probably all, I suppose. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. I mean, you've got to probably. Uh, yeah, I follow these things pretty pretty closely with the customers I work with. You know, part mm. of what I'm doing is helping them sort of uh, pick. You know what technologies to work with, uh, what carriers to work with, and those sorts of things. So mm. we, you know, we tend to follow it pretty closely, and it, it's just a, a, a trend that we've noticed uh, recently. Mm. Uh, is you know maybe the the, the competition's uh, not quite as as sharp at the moment as maybe it was um, sort of six months or so ago. Mm. So um, hopefully the New Zealand market stays competitive. So I mean, you, yeah, it could be a good question, Chen, around whether we whether, whether we whether we have enough competition or not, whether the, the three carriers we've got uh, works. Um, but I, I think it, it works reasonably well. Um, hopefully, we've got the right mix. So yeah, uh, the, I guess the next thing in that phase is really this move to uh, the four G networks, which uh, we we saw some uh, some numbers over the, over the last couple of weeks with the iPhone five and other devices on. Um, the 4G LTE networks, and we're seeing you know people report uh, you know 30 megabits or more in terms of download and even upload speeds across that the uh, 4G networks internationally. Uh, so that's something that certainly will bring the mobile networks uh, you know closer to uh, to the ultra fast broadband type speeds, uh, but it's going to require probably tens, if not hundreds, of millions of dollars of investment of investment again. Uh, from our local carriers, so how that will impact, um, you know, what we like to be a downward trend in pricing. I don't mm. know whether that'll halt it or whether prices will bump up again. Um, not sure, but what we have to do there is wait for the um, 
the uh, TV broadcasts that are in analog at the moment to all switch across to digital, and that's something uh, actually the first uh, regions just had that happen uh, at the end of September. So, but we've got to wait for that to happen across the country, which is still a couple of years out before we get the 4G. So, a little bit of a waiting game there. Exciting times, then. as it always is with technology. Mm-hmm. There's always something just over the horizon. This right? is true. Now, um, coming back to HP, we wanted to talk about um, tablets and uh, and what you guys are doing in that space around Windows 8. Now, Chin, what have you got here? So, um, Paul, we've got this great device. It's actually, uh, I can't call it a tablet, I can't call it a notebook, it's a hybrid device. We call it the HP X2. So it's a notebook and a tablet combined together. Um, pretty much, it's... Um, as you can see here, it's uh, it's a notebook and a tablet together. And when you want, you can dock the first screen off the base of it, so it actually becomes a tablet. So this is a 11.6 inch. 11.6 inch screen. Yes. So it docks off, and that becomes your tablet. This is a pretty nice sort of style and, and size of uh, of tablet. Um, wider screen than, uh, for instance, the. Uh, you know what we've seen from Apple, so mm-hmm. it's got that's a wide yeah that's a yeah. wide format as well. Yeah. Now most of the tablets are going to come in this sort of form factor. Our current lineup is yes, but there's going to be some other ones that are going to be more in the um, in the traditional sort of um, um, sort of three by four type um, form factor as well. Is that right? Um, at the moment, we've got the first revision, which is this one that you've got in front of you. Yep. Um, we don't have anything else um, mm. that we can talk about currently. Yep. Um, that's in any other form factor. But this but work, this is going to work well with Windows 8, the ability to have um, you know two things on the screen at once, right? Yeah. You need to have that sort of widescreen, mm, exactly. that, that resolution, because we're talking, um, what's this, 1366 by 768 resolution? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So. Okay. Cool. So show us how that... Um, and so tell us about how that sort of docks into the keyboard and what that actually what that actually means to take your tablet. Because once you dock this, it it just looks like a um, notebook. Pretty much, it just looks like a notebook. Seems to work just like a you know a notebook as well, right? So you can actually just run that as a notebook and not separate it at all if you wanted, right? Yeah, that's right. So once you dock it, it straight away recognizes the base and you can start using the touchpad itself. Uh, when you dock it off, it simply becomes a tablet. So and it's quite easy to dock on and off. So you can pretty much just dock it in, clips in, clips out, clips out. Yep. The one of the main advantages of this here is you've got a two-cell battery built into the actual tablet itself. Then you've got another two-cell battery built into the base as well. So you're pretty much getting extended battery life throughout. Now we've been using it in the office around the place, and you get some good battery life out of this unit as well. And one thing you have to keep in mind is all the dial, all the ports, etc., are built into the base of it. So you've got HDMI out, you've got two charging ports, you've got USB even built into the base of this unit, and even SD card slot is here on the base as well. Right. So if you you were going to run this at your desk as your main computer, uh, you would you would you know dock the, um, the the tablet sort of screen into it as you come to your desk and then you but you could take the tablet away anytime exactly you know. so you could have your external hard drive or whatever that's plugged into the base mm. and when you want to get away to a meeting all you would do is just dock it off and off you go mm. or you mm. could have this sitting on a desk at home constantly right dock and it off and you'd be able to get um, you know, additional keyboards. You have one at home, one at the office. Oh, that's, you could that get sort of thing. additional keyboards as an option. Yeah. That's no problem. Yeah. We can uh, supply the bases separately. Yeah, and so are there any ports at all on the um, on the on the tablet 
you know, other than to connect to the dock? Okay, so on the tablet itself, we've got a micro SD slot in there. Okay. Um, so it's, we put SD on the base itself and micro mm. SD on the uh, tablet itself. Mm. So it gives you an extra bit of expansion if you do need to. Okay, okay, good. And then you've got just got the docking port that you, you hook into. Now, the, the battery life, we've been hearing, um, you know, for a long time about Windows eventually giving us, you know, nice long battery life, lives on uh, devices. Um, now this comes with the new um, Clovertrail sort of Atom chip from Intel, which is, I guess, the <coughs> next generation of the chips that we saw, uh, you know, initially in the the netbooks that came out. When did they originally come out? Two, three years ago, yeah, more. Three years yeah, ago. Three years ago now. Yeah, yes. yeah. Um, so this is this is the next generation dual core one point eight gigahertz uh, chip, but they run. Um, they're very low low power, aren't they? And this is the system on a chip type technology, right? Um, yes, it is. But um, in terms of the battery life that you get out of it, I mean, we don't have any actual ratings as such yet because obviously this is still the pre-production that we're looking at here. Um, later on, we'll hopefully be able to give you a better understanding of how much battery life you're going to get mm. out of it. But at the moment, from just using it around the office, etc., we get reasonable battery life. Good, you know, four to five, six hours. Mm. Quite easy. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we've heard sort of, you know, rated specs online uh, for some of these Atom, um, you know, type devices of... You know, somewhere between five and eight hours, depending on on usage for uh, you know within the tablets, and then by the time you add on, say, keyboard with a battery in it as well, then um, that usually tends to you know at least double it. So um, you know, there, there's potential there. You know, once you, once you've got that um, uh, you know docking into the the keyboard of getting you know more than a day's worth of use out of it, which I, I think is a really big you know leap forward especially considering how light that is mm. when it's just used as a laptop uh compared to um the the laptops that, that that we're using now i mean i don't think anything really um you know touches that in terms of that uh, that battery life so it's it's it's, it's a good move forward i think oh mm. definitely i mean as you probably i mean every operating system will get refined and the product will get refined and the battery life only gets better and better right so it's a it's an ongoing process of making it uh, last longer i suppose mm. now uh we're very reliant here on uh on on intel from a from a um you know a standpoint with windows uh still you know it seems we've obviously got uh you know amd that are that are you know continuing to bring out new um you know processes for you know for pcs and laptops but it seems like most of the new announcements are still very much uh based around intel it seems like you know the the uh the innovation is still primarily coming from in, intel uh in terms of win windows um chip or chips being used on on windows devices is that where it lines up with most of the products that hp are, are announcing they're more well i guess they're more you've got a lot more happening on the intel side haven't you than um than amd based uh products um, from our side, um, we have good relationships with both partners, AMD and Intel. Uh, we've got a good um, lineup from AMD, well as Intel. Um, yeah, but it's sort of more. It's definitely more leaning on the Intel side, isn't it? I mean, that's most the mobility of your space. Yeah, yeah. The, I mean, the Intel. Right now, I think it's a point in time. Yeah. Yep. So All right. So we I mean, hope. I'm. I guess my hope is that we'll see. You know, there was a window of time there where where AMD was really right at the mm. forefront as far as. Uh, you know, PC performance, maybe not so much in terms of the, the 
um, uh, mobile devices mm. and, and, and low power, um, but even that to a degree. And then in, Intel over the last few de- mm. years seem to have sort of put themselves at the at the fore- forefront in terms of, uh, yeah, the, the higher-end product. But, um, you know, we're still seeing stuff come through mm. with, with the AMDs. Usually, at, you know, they're competing a bit more on price, I guess, um, which is always good because we want to have lots of price points, right? Um, you, we tend to see waves from from either one of the com- mm. co- companies. Um, so I think, like I said earlier, it is a little bit of a point in time comparison, and things will change um, both upwards and downwards. So I wouldn't read anything into it right no, now. No, this particular product is clearly Intel based, but uh, as Chin pointed out, we certainly expect lots of exciting products from both partners. Really. Mm-hmm. Now, um, so in terms of when we're this is the. Um, the NV2, isn't it? NV X2. NV X2, sorry. And um, timing. When when would we expect to see that land here in the New Zealand uh, in the New Zealand market? You got some indications on that because we've got Windows 8 launching October 26. I think on a global basis, uh, it's going to take a little bit of time, obviously, for well for for some of the products to hit the market. Certainly, getting to New Zealand. Um, what can we expect there? Um, we're hoping to bring the power product to market probably late November, uh, okay. but it's still to be confirmed. But um, closer to time, we'll let you know. Okay, so we we may may see it in as soon as sort of eight weeks or or so, Potentially, if all, if all yes. goes according to plan and there's enough um, you know production. Because one of the things around uh, around this is that, you know we mentioned earlier is that the the new Clover Trail Atom um, processor technology wasn't due to be uh, to be launched really until next year. And it seems like yeah, Intel are, um, have managed to sort of speed that up a bit um, to to you know have some some of these things ready for the uh, the Windows 8 launch. Rest assured, we're keen to get it into the market, mm. and we'll do everything that Hurry we up. can to bring it sooner Hurry and up. sooner. We're doing just What's that. Now? I'm also pleased to say for the New Zealand consumers that we're certainly one of the first countries to launch in our region. Excellent. And we Good. we tend certainly from a HP New Zealand point of view tend to like to do that. Good. So we like to lead, and uh, you know we certainly feel that we've got the appropriate support in the market and very excited about the prospects of this particular product yeah well i think it does look really nice and that's one of the things having having played with you know most of the other um you know windows uh tablet slash hybrid Mm. type devices although um the the nvx2 certainly uh is is able to do the laptop function and the tablet function uh probably you know uh, the way it does those together probably better than any of the other the other um, products uh, from what I from what Thank I've you. what I've seen so far. Uh, but interestingly, it looks like um, you're going to be beaten to the market by their offerings. I think we're hopefully going to going to have uh, yeah some some of the other products such as the um, uh, the ThinkPad uh, Tablet Two. Uh, what I've been hearing anyway is is very close to um, very close to the mm. Windows Eight uh, launch. Um, although you know, I think probably everyone is under some some challenges in terms of getting these new products to, to market for launch day. So, um, so I guess, probably I guess no your guarantees su- from anyone. I guess your suggestion is to for the consumers to wait for the best solution. Yep. It's going to be a little later than everyone else, <laughs> but when it finally gets here, it's going to be worth the wait. Good things take time. <laughs> <laughs> Excuses, eh? Um, no, no, it's 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 good to see it, and I think um, you know that's one of the exciting things around Windows Eight is that we're we're seeing quite a bit of variety actually across across the different uh, vendors, and I'm still certainly somewhat undecided around what will be the 
the the you know the product the that will actually bullet. suit how I work and and I think um, you know with this product variety there's going to be a bit of that going on of people mm-hmm. working out well what what actually suits me and how I work because we're not uh, we're not used to having a tablet that can convert into a laptop uh, or, or vice mm. versa you know we traditionally have a mm. tablet and a laptop that are quite separate quite separate functions that cross over to us mm. to a small degree but uh, not, you know not the same as what we're going to see on Windows 8 so it's it's um, you know certainly certainly something that's going to be a little bit of wait and see until we get hands-on with mm. devices and uh, you know we'll certainly try and have hands-on with with um, everything on a more extended basis um, and talk through that on the podcast once you know hmm. once we get some more time with them so um, but you're welcome to leave that one here uh, with me I'm sure just because it's <laughs> the only one in the country that uh, there's nobody else who'd be interested in seeing it so uh, this goes yeah. where I go oh yeah. okay well you probably should stick around here for the next week or two Chin. Uh, you can you can work out of the next mm. office I don't know how that's Paul a deal. will feel about that. That's a deal. <laughs> <laughs> he wants me out of the office. We'll, we'll have his parking spot available. <laughs> I, you know, to come back to the product, I'm really excited about this. I, I really think it's got universal application, but where I'm specifically interested in seeing this, the traction we get here is in the education space. For students and scholars, I can't think of a better product than having the flexibility of a tablet, but with a proper, full-sized, integrated keyboard has to be a main, major attraction for all of them. So I'm really I'm looking forward to us bringing this into the market and seeing. So what have happens. you got any any schools or anything that um, you've been you've been flashing this around already? Have you had any feedback in the in the education market on um, you know where where they they think this will fit for them? We have. Uh, it's been difficult getting a single unit around all of the New Zealand educational institutions. So I hope I'm not going to face a barrage of mails tomorrow morning when I get to the office. <laughs> but we've certainly shown it to many of our existing uh, strong relationships in the education space, and we've only had only the most positive feedback. Feedback. Good. So oh, well, good. I really think it's going to be awesome. Good luck with that. And I, th- you know, I think one of the things that I'm interested in seeing is just you know uh, it becoming a bit more competitive in in the tablet um, space and having that option of a device that can uh, that can that can do both. So mm-hmm. I, th- I think it can only be good for the uh, good for the market. Um, now, talking of um, of keeping things competitive, uh, over the last few days we've uh, we've seen information come through from BlackBerry about their new. Uh, BlackBerry 10 operating system. Um, now this is this is quite interesting because I think on the on the on the podcast we've sort of written off BlackBerry to a to a fair degree over the last sort of 12 months. It seems to be they've been on a, a downward uh, slide in terms of market share. Their products haven't really changed a lot, and they did make the announcement that uh, we're not going to see this new operating system and the new devices uh, until sometime in the first quarter of next year. So we're we're still. Uh, you know, a, f- a few months off before we before we see anything. I think that's going to be an interesting one to follow in terms of will will this new operating system, which sounds really really good, it sounds like it's a bit of a combination between OS X, Android, and Windows Phone, and almost sort of the the better elements of each coming together in terms of into a new uh, into a new operating system. The question, I guess, will be whether uh, whether they've left it uh, whether they've left it too late. Either of you have an opinion on BlackBerry? Have either of you used BlackBerry um, in the past? A long time ago. Um, and, I th- you know, I really think that at a given point in time it was a great solution. Um, I'd be excited to see a new operating system. It's going to be a big job to to get back up to where it used to be, but nothing's impossible. You know, we're talking about the all the rapid changes in our industry and things happen over such a short time frame. So uh, let's see how it goes. 
Well, I mean, what, what we uh, there's certainly been some suggestions about the, the BlackBerry operating system being licensed. So I guess uh, you know that would be a, that would be an option for uh, for for. Uh, uh, for for HP, I personally can't quite imagine it, but uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, BlackBerry are really uh, are really trying to work hard, mm. I guess, on a t- on a on a turnaround here. Chen, have you used BlackBerry yourself? I probably used one six years ago now. Okay, uh, yeah, that's probably the last I used it. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So would that have been before you went on to an iPhone, or was there something else you used in between? Oh, I've, I've used a variety you of used, phones all the years. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I tend to change my phones quite quite often. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like it does cause. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, um, yeah, I, I think. I mean, we'll certainly keep a watch on that space and uh, and report back once we get hands on with uh, with some of these new devices. But you know, again, I don't think it hurts the market at all that we're seeing this continued uh, competition and and innovation, and it mm. just you know helps push everyone along. Uh, and it provides more choice. Yeah, and 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 that's um, providing some interesting results. Now, talking talking about uh, choice. The big sort of thing that we had uh, over the weekend was uh, a uh, a letter from Apple CEO Tim Cook that uh, was was put online um, by uh, by Apple um, apologising about the uh, the maps on uh, on iOS six. Now I think this is quite fascinating because we don't uh, really expect Apple to be coming out and um, um, apologising to us about their. Uh, about their their products, have either of you had a look at the uh, the maps at all, or you must have seen some of the coverage that's been getting in the media over the last few days? I've certainly seen the coverage. Um, it is an unusual step, I have to say, but well done. Yeah, I mean, I th- I was uh, I guess yeah, sort of two 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 minds seeing this uh, this come come through from uh, from from Tim Cook because you know first of all an apology is is something that's reasonably unusual for any big company to sort of make out to the market say sorry we've you know we've made a mistake but the interesting um, uh, bit was you know further down the uh, the letter which was the recommendation that uh, users look at running uh, Microsoft's uh, Bing uh, for their their maps on their phone uh, or uh, the offering from Yahoo uh, or Waze which is a uh, uh, sort of an open um, type uh, you know user user fed uh, mapping system um, or even suggesting that people actually go and use a web-based uh, mapping such as Google's uh, you know maps through the browser uh, or Nokia's browser um, uh, apps which I wouldn't have thought would be particularly uh, great great experience you expect to have a an app to deliver these uh, these th- these things. So yeah, I thought there was. Um, was it not in the way you hold the phone? <laughs> well, yeah, they've had issues in those regards in the past too. Maybe that's why the map doesn't work. Hold it, stand on your head, and uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, the iPhone five seems to be um, you know selling reasonably well out there. The, the The other thing that there was quite a bit of feedback on uh, last week was frustration from users who you know really like. Apple's iPhone, and they just wanted to have the the new one, uh, but actually unable to buy it here in New Zealand because they need to sign a you know a new contract, uh, and there seems to be no way you can get your hands on uh, the the phone uh, unless you're willing to sign a contract. And we've still got uh, wait times for people that if they order it through the Apple online store, um, there's a bit of a bit of a delay there. So um, some some frustration. Uh, there for uh, for some of Apple's uh, Apple's users, um, but that's I guess 
something that every vendor has to deal with, right? There are always going to be times where there's there's something that doesn't doesn't please uh, the customer or the potential customer, right? It does happen from time to time. Um, now, just having a having a quick look through uh, some final bits and pieces um, that we will wanted to cover off this week. Applications now. Um, from time to time, we like to chat through new apps that are uh, that are landing in the marketplace. One we we spoke about um, actually a couple of times in the past is some um, ASB's uh, mobile app. And interestingly, just in the last uh, last week, they've made available uh, their uh, mobile banking app on Windows Phone. So that's the first um, mobile banking app in New Zealand to come out on Windows Phone. Uh, and it seems to be a trend we're now seeing across most of the bigger apps that. If we look back six months, we weren't seeing so many of the big apps landing on Windows Phone, whereas now most of them just seem to uh, seem to be hitting Windows Phone. Uh, and I guess we'll probably see these type of apps come onto the the Windows 8 tablets and so on too, right? Mm. Um, have either of you had a look at some of the local apps that are coming through on on, uh, on Windows 8? Um, not Windows 8, but um, you're coming back to that ASB app. Mm. I mean, I used that myself, and I, I think it's a big improvement on the previous version that it had on uh, on the App Store. Mm. Um, I've, it was quite easy to set up. It's allocated to your phone number, etc. It's easy to do make transfers across multiple accounts. I think ASB's done a good job with it. Mm. Um, it's a mm. good app. I think, yeah, I think they'll turn up something. They're onto something there. Mm, mm. Well, and and you know, I've used it. I've used that on on all the platforms. I've got it on my uh, iOS uh, device, on Android, and now on on the Windows Phone. Mm. And uh, the ex- the experience is really good across the board. But probably one of the best Windows Phone um, apps that I've used. So um, good, good to see. Uh, great. And we had uh, um, uh, Ben Gracewood on the show uh, a few weeks ago with Marco Metro, one of the you know the number of companies in New Zealand that are. Uh, dedicated to doing these uh, apps for um, uh, Windows 8 and 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 for Windows Phone as well, and it's great to see some of the great um, applications that are coming out of New Zealand, not just target our local market, but uh, on a on a global basis mm-hmm. as well. Um, so there, you know, a range of um, apps coming through, like the new New, new Zealand Herald uh, app for Windows 8. So um, yeah, it's good to see that sort of stuff floating into the market. I guess it's going to take some time for us to see those touch-friendly apps. Uh, come through though for Windows 8. From what I'm hearing, there's maybe a couple of thousand in the the um, in the App Store at the moment, uh, which is a fairly small number compared to the other platforms. But I guess Windows 8 hasn't actually sort of you know launched at a retail yes. level yet. So um, it'll grow quickly, you know. I'm sure. I suppose for each platform, there's must-have apps in New Zealand. You've got to have a Trade Me app. You've got to have a New Zealand Herald app, and so on. So there's some must-have apps for the general everyday user that probably um, is most you need to have otherwise yeah, it's sort of yep. now this isn't exactly an app uh, more an online service uh, what I'm talking about is Weedle now this is the new supposed competitor to Trade Me uh, that's well sort of launched in New Zealand uh, in, the, in, the, in the last few days but um, unfortunately for them it seems that they haven't done a lot of due diligence around uh, how they rolled out their website the uh, security and, uh, and and so on surrounding it so um, um, Weedle is already uh, offline and uh, it's understood that there was a number of major uh, security uh, issues in the website uh, one that, uh, that we have heard about uh, is that people were able to go in um, and change the reserve price of other members' auctions. Um, and I'm sure if you could do that, there were probably uh, 
all sorts of other issues. So, um, so for now, um, Trade Me Competitor Weedle has uh, has pulled the plug, but uh, no doubt they're going to work hard to uh, to try and launch back uh, into the into the market uh, sometime soon after they've uh, they've fixed up those issues. Um, and now the the other uh, sort of app that that's been uh, interesting to watch, or, or the player in the market that's that's um, needing to have their app out there is QuickFlix, who are doing uh, similar to you know what Netflix do in the US uh, with their streaming of, of movies and TV shows. Now uh, they launched in the Australian market, and then they launched uh, here earlier on the year. Uh, last week they uh, announced or they, they made available their um, their streaming app for uh, Samsung TVs. Uh, so we're now seeing that um, that space become really uh, really important that those apps are actually available on various mm-hmm. devices. Um, and QuickFlix, uh, we were expecting to see the Xbox app actually out at the end of um, September, but we're hearing that's um, probably still um, maybe three or four weeks away. Uh, but QuickFlix are now on Samsung TVs. They're on a bunch of Blu-ray players uh, from from I think Samsung, Sony, Panasonic. Um, so yeah, we're able to you know actually get access to all the streaming content now through quite a few devices as well as you know our mobile devices as well. Um, so that's certainly a, 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 a positive thing to hear about. Um, I'm picking we'll probably see um, app for QuickFlix as well on, on Windows 8. Seems that most of the big players are sort of focusing on getting getting those products out. Uh, and something that's a l- maybe a little bit further down the track, and we certainly ha- we haven't heard any any. Uh, anything formal about this, but we're starting to see these little um, uh, dongles that can plug into the HDMI connection on a TV uh, that will be able to run some sort of smart TV type apps, and um, hopefully we'll see something like that from uh, from QuickFlix. Uh, we've heard that uh, Roku in the US have something that will uh, will be doing that uh, for Netflix and and other services. So that's quite interesting to have this little what's Exciting. effectively going to be like a USB type stick that goes into the HDMI port. You can use your traditional TV that you might have bought three years ago, and you don't really want to mm-hmm. spend thousands of dollars to replace, but to plug one of those in uh, and and to get some of that sort of smart functionality. I think that's kind of cool. Excellent. All right. Well, um, that really wraps up the show so um thank you paul thank you chin for uh, for joining us here on the uh, the new zealand tech podcast thank you for having us again thanks and uh now guys is there any where's the best place to uh, to look online uh do either of you uh are on twitter or um uh, any of those other uh social channels if we want to uh to to look out uh for what you've got to say or is there a um a place on the hp site to uh to keep up with uh, with what's happening, um, I'm certainly on Twitter and and on Facebook. Um, you'll you'll find it using my HP email, which is paul.boshoff at hp.com. Excellent. Um, I'm on Facebook, and my email address is chin.edrisuria at hp.com. So excellent, excellent. All right. Well, um, thank you both for uh, for joining us here. Um, and for those who want to want to keep up with my uh, my blogging and and the like, uh, I'm on Twitter. Uh, at Paul Spain and my blog is techjungle.com and of course you can find uh, NZ Tech Podcast at nztechpodcast.com we're on Twitter at nztechpodcast and we'd like to be liked on facebook.com slash nztechpodcast hey thanks everyone for listening in catch you next week thank you very much thanks